Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warmer from Evo. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Spears, and now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. Hopefully your holiday season has been very merry for all of you guys to celebrate Christmas. Hopefully you had a wonderful Christmas. I know that Boxing Day is coming up in the next few days. Even if you really don't celebrate any of the religious holidays, we know that New Year's Eve, New Year's Day is coming up. So we're all celebrating a little bit of something right now, whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays to every single one of you. And hey, all holidays are welcomed on this podcast. And here in segment number two, I'm just going to be talking about how I got into sports betting. I didn't want to make anyone work on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I didn't want to have anyone booked up for an interview because the guys from places like Three Man Weave, Heat Check, CBB, what have you, they all have done such amazing work. And they deserve to be with friends and family. I don't want them having to take time out from that to do a silly literal interview. And plus, we've got no college basketball games for this Monday, unfortunately. So the Pixar analysis will be back on the podcast tomorrow. But I just want to share with you guys how I got into sports betting. I've told this story a few times, and I have to add in there a little bit of a wrinkle in that I did lose out on a couple hundred thousand dollars. You'll find out how in segment number two. So there's your teaser right there. Man, if I would have been able to dive in and if I would have taken a different payout option, boy, that would have been really, really nice. But I'm going to be sharing how I got into sports betting, how I got into college basketball, and why I've got the style that I do in segment number two. And if you've got any additional questions from that, if you've got just in general any questions, comments, segment ideas, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, that's find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated.
appreciate it. From there, you are able to fire on whatever you'd like here on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, and hopefully you and yours just had a great holiday weekend in general. But let's take a look at the few games that we got from Sunday and take a look at some of these season-long trends that we have been getting in college basketball as well. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. For those that had the under in Seattle versus George Washington like me, man, this was a rough one. 85-67, to 67, Seattle's able to get the job done. This was a very, very convincing W for them as both teams in this game had a drought of at least six minutes without scoring, yet the game goes over because you just had an explosion in the second half of 87 points. Most of them came in the first four minutes where neither team could miss. Seattle goes 10 of 36 from three. George Washington, 6 of 26 from distance, but for Seattle... They were able to do a very good job winning that battle on the glass, 48-27. to And for George Washington, other than Brendan Adams and James Bishop, who combined for 31 points, not a lot of offense there. Cam Tyson, he was rock solid for the Seattle Bunch. He chips in there 20 points. Emeka Odeni, who had been averaging coming into this game 3.8 points per contest, 12 points, 10 rebounds. He puts up a nice double-double as Seattle. They're able to get it done very easily. Also out there in the Hawaiian Airlines Simon at Classic, Iona, they get it done over Pepperdine, 76-66. Pepperdine just couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat in this game. 5 of 24 from 3-point range, Iona. They go 7 of 21 from 3 and for Pepperdine. They costed themselves a cover by going 13 of 21 at the charity stripe as well as actually won the offensive rebound battle. 11 offensive rebounds for them to 9 of Iona. They played relatively even up in the turnover battle. Iona had 14, Pepperdine had 12, but... He just couldn't knock down any outside shots. He had Maxwell Lewis chip in there 23 points. He goes one of five from three, and nobody like Houston Malott were able to really help him out as Mallet. He goes one of nine from the floor for four points. Meanwhile, for Iona, Nelly Jr. Joseph, he was the man in this game. 20 points, 13 rebounds, and you had Iona get a very good performance as well out of Dennis Jenkins. 11 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Did have 5 turnovers, but was able to help this team out. I'm going to be having to do this while the SMU versus YE game is just final, so let's give you the other two games as Errol Penn turned out to be a savior of Christmas. The DK Nation pick was DePaul catching between 15.5 and, and 16 points. DePaul, somehow, some way, they were trailing by 17 points in the final few seconds because Creighton absolutely could not miss from three-point range. I was thinking that this was going to be going down as a relatively tough break after Trey Alexander hits a three-pointer with 45 seconds remaining, but Errol Penn at the back half of Creighton's final possession. He gets a steal. He gets a layup. DePaul loses by a count of 80-65, to 65. and for anyone with a total as well, this barely goes under on a lot of closing numbers of right around 145.5 to 146. As for Creighton, 16 of 29 from 3. They took 23 fewer field goal attempts than DePaul and very nearly covered 16. That's just absolutely insane. Creighton also lost a turnover battle by a count of 18-10, to 10, but they couldn't miss from the outside. Trey Alexander, 7 of 12 from 3-point range for 32 points. Baylor Shireman. 14 points, 10 boards, 3 of 6 from 3-point range. Meanwhile, for DePaul, they went just 8 of 27 from the outside, though. Our good friend, Mr. Penn, 12 points, 12 rebounds. He was able to carry the day, and Jalen Terry, he is back at the full for DePaul. He was able to lend them 14 points. In the battle of West Coast teams, Utah State got done over Washington State by a count of 82 to 73. 
Really just a brick fest here from Washington State. 2 of 17 from 3. Meanwhile, Utah State, a sizzling 11 of 17 from 3. And they shot 7 of 15 at the free throw line. They literally shot worse from the free throw line than they did from 2 or 3 point range, which I find to be quite hilarious. And no idea how that works is Washington State won 23 of 26 at the charity stripe. But for Washington State, they played even up in terms of the turnover battle. They won the rebound battle by two with Muhammad Gay delivering 22 points, 12 rebounds. But when a team goes 11 of 17 from three and you make two threes, really hard to be able to overcome that. And I do have to do this a bit earlier because the Greg Peterson experience that is coming your way at 9 to midnight Pacific, midnight to 3 Eastern time. Yes, I am still doing work on the holidays for you guys. We've got a lot of NFL to be a recap there. But as I do this right now, SMU up 10 points on Hawaii in the second half. As Hawaii, as I do this, is down 36 to 26 away, 8 of 29 from the floor. Meanwhile, SMU has got Zarek Phelps going with 15 points, and they really have been a little bit of a surprise. And if you take a look at the last week in college basketball, home underdogs have continued to be great, 30 and 21 against the spread. And overall, underdogs hitting at 55.7%. I talked about this a little bit throughout the week on the podcast that these random spots for these home teams has not been profitable for them. Underdogs 107, 85 and 2 against the spread. Meanwhile, home teams. 94 98 and 2 against the spread. So the home underdogs have been good. The home favorites, well, they provided a little bit of a stink burger. And if you take a look at the season overall, home underdogs are still sitting right around 55%. 275, 223, and 7 against the spread. So 55.2% to be exact. Underdogs hanging at 51.7%. And with the recent binge of overs, it's very nearly even up between overs and unders. 1,004 overs, 1,011 unders, and we're right around like 25 or so pushes in terms of these totals as well. So that's what we're seeing in college basketball right now. And that's what we got from Chris who say a little bit of a lighter show here. So in segment number two, hopefully you enjoy this. I'm just going to be going through. I got to where I am today in terms of a sports betting career. A little bit of advice if you're looking to dive into just sports betting a little bit more. Sports media in general. Share with you guys that. And just my personal life story. That's up next right here on Coast to Coast Soups with myself, Greg Eves And now a part of Peace and Family Night. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here in Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Pierce. And now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, we've got no college basketball games today and I did not want to have anyone have to do an interview on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. This is a time that should be spent with friends, family, the guests that typically join this podcast. They do so much already. I didn't want to make them have to do an interview, take time away from their holiday. So we're just going to give you guys something that I know that you've asked a few times. Some of you guys have how I got into what I all do, sort of the steps I took in order to get to where I am today and just give you guys a little bit of my backstory, and if you have any additional questions, comments, segment ideas, after I share this, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter, fired in there. As per usual, letters EM, they do mean does not matter, but just want to give you guys my backstory. I think I've shared this a few times on the podcast, but it's been a year or two. I typically do this like once a year during the holidays. I know that more of my baseball podcasts, I typically do this 
more towards like the all-star break period because that's the most dead time of that season but just giving you guys exactly how I got into this and I've always wanted to be in sports it, essentially my life stream was to become a sports broadcaster I've always had friends family members being like oh you should be on ESPN one day and everything like that and it's what I truly did want to do I wanted to become an athlete but I had to retire by the time I was a sophomore in high school from football, basketball, and baseball because I had a lack of talent. I used to weigh 215 pounds, by the way, with absolutely no muscle whatsoever before I got into shape to try to impress a lady that I was working with at TJ Maxx many, many years ago. It did not pan out, but you know what? We were able to get into shape, but that said, in terms of how I got into this, it's something that I was chasing just throughout my entire college and early professional life. I went to high school and I thought, you know what, I should pick a college in which I'm able to go into what I want to do, which is sports media, radio, TV, film, what have you. I had a choice between the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and UW-Oshkosh, and I was thinking for the longest time I'd go to Milwaukee because they had a D1 college basketball program. I then realized, you know what, if I go to UW-Oshkosh, I could stay home a little bit more, get my laundry done, just felt like a little bit of a better campus environment as well, so I went there, was able to do a lot of game broadcasts, was able to just take a look at everything, football, basketball, baseball. My true love has always been college basketball because ever since 2005, the upset that really got me into college basketball was Bucknell over Kansas. The reason why I picked Bucknell to knock off Kansas in the 2005 NCAA tournament is I always talk about like your Aunt Susie picking Acker to go to the Final Four because of mascots and everything like that. Well, I'm a gentleman from the great state of Wisconsin and Wisconsin was supposed to play Kansas round number two if they both did what they were supposed to do in round number one of the NCAA tournament. I thought, hmm, let's pick this Bucknell team so that way Wisconsin has a very easy go of it into the second round of the NCAA tournament. I managed to pick that one correctly. You may recall that year Vermont knocked off Syracuse. I managed to have that one on my bracket. Out of the millions and millions of ESPN brackets, that was one that turned out to be in the top 50. I've never been able to quite duplicate top 50, though. If you remember the Yahoo Sports billion-dollar bracket that was being done by Warren Buffett, I was actually in, like, the top 100 of that going into the Final Four because that year I had the old UConn to the Final Four pick. I picked UConn as a 7th seed to the Final Four, so we've had some nice calls throughout the years in terms of my NCAA tournament brackets. We're coming off of picking Kansas last year, but... That has always been a little bit of a passion of mine, and when it came to just trying to be able to bust into the industry itself, you have to cover a little bit of everything, and something that I made sure to do while I was in college was try to take advantage of some of the biggest of the big opportunities. My senior year in college is really where I started getting into sports gambling, because that year, UW-Oshkosh had an unprecedented circumstance. They were a last-minute team that got called in to play against South Dakota State, which is an FCS-level team, and I thought, man, this is the first time UW-Oshkosh has played an FBS or FCS-level team since the 1970s. I wonder if they have a betting lineup on this. I saw one at what used to be known as good old five dimes. We have 
graduated quite a bit since then, and I know that that's quite a blast in the past for you guys. Keep in mind, this was in 2014 was the exact year. I graduated in 2015. This was my senior year, so certainly did not have access to the Las Vegas books or anything like that. But you know what I saw on there? It's like, man, UW Oshkosh. They're catching 45 points. I recognize South Dakota State is a relatively solid FCS school, but you know what? This is a UW Oshkosh team that is one of the better D3 schools. I wonder if I can get any money down on this. I go and I place my first ever wager. It was $60 lay 50. I was a schmuck and took a minus 120 juice line, but I go to fire in on plus 45 with UW Oshkosh. I get alerted that the line had moved. I had no idea about line moves prior to this point, and it had moved from UW Oshkosh catching 45 points to an even more demeaning line of UW Oshkosh catching 46 and a half. I took it. UW Oshkosh loses by a count of 38-3, so they gave up fewer points than the spread. Was able to get in there, place a few baseball bets from there. I had no idea what I was betting whatsoever, just took a few underdogs. Was able to make a little bit of money, and you know what? Was able to pay off some textbooks for that month, and was feeling good about myself. Made a little bit over $100 in profit when it was all said and done, so I was happy with myself. And then... Come time to graduate, I take a job out in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee was kicking my rear end because I was doing weekends. I was getting paid on commission. I needed a little bit of extra money, and I thought to myself, hmm, how should I go about being able to get a little bit of extra money? And then I realized, oh, yeah, I had a little bit of success making a bit of side scratch on that college football game and made a few hundred dollars sports betting. You know what? Let's try this again. Let's see if I'm able to pick a few winners here in college football and in college basketball. I have found out that I'm not necessarily the world's greatest college football handicapper, but I managed to get one game right that I plopped down a couple hundred dollars on. I remember it was Northwestern versus Illinois, and you never want any part of Illinois football, so that went relatively well, and I was able to turn what... I invested $200 into about $2,300. I was able to pay off rent for a few months. Now, keep in mind, rent in Nashville, Tennessee was actually around $650 a month. So that was actually a really nice haul. I was able to keep myself afloat for a few months. I did those few college football games, and then I was betting a lot of Sunbelt basketball at the time. You may recall UT Arlington when they had good old Kevin Hervey on the roster. They were actually... Quite a firestorm of a team, and I just kept riding them. Little Rock back when Chris Beard was coaching them up. They were teams in which I was really able to make a lot of money on, and you know what? Was able to make some money in the meantime. Could have probably made a lot lot more if I had a little bit more bankroll management. If I wasn't betting more than I could afford to lose after being able to make some profit. And still, the biggest regret that I have to this day is that because... Back in the old days, when you used to bet online, if you were outside of the lovely city of Las Vegas, you always had to have like one cash out a month, or you would have to pay a little bit of money, and instead of taking what would have been a free option at the time, and that I could have gotten like 
five bitcoins back when bitcoin was like three hundred dollars a coin and said i elected for the 25 dollar check because i needed the money at the time i still kick myself for not taking those five bitcoins if i've got one regret in my life it is that i would have been able to pay for a house if i had just taken the bitcoin back when it was in 2016 and a lot of you guys know what i'm talking about i'm sure that there's a lot of people that would have been like man if I would have been able to get a Bitcoin back when it was like $300 a coin, I'd be feeling really good about myself. Yep, I had one of those options as well. I probably should have taken that at the time, but that was really the way that I got into sports betting. And in the meantime, while I was doing my weekend radio stuff and while I was in college as well, I always did this. I did a lot of bracketology, which is why I have become the guy that I am. Someone that takes a look at every single college basketball team, every single game, every single day, because they all do have effects on what we see in college basketball. And for those that don't know how bracketology is graded by most bracketologists, you get the same amount of points for pricking correctly the one seed on that number one line as you do a 16 seed on that 16 seed line. And Obviously, a big thing that you take a look at is these bubble teams as well. Who's in, who's out, because you get points for just being able to pick the team that does make the NCAA tournament as well. So while I would be focusing in on these top teams, like whether or not North Carolina was going to be able to get a one seed, whether or not Gonzaga was going to be in one of the top two seed lines at the time, I would always be also focused on, all right, did Stephen F. Austin continue their undefeated record in the Southland and things of that nature, which is why I just have a lot of backhand knowledge on a lot of these college basketball schools, which is why also I'm able to bring up some of these games that I remember very, very fondly. And after I had done a year in Nashville, Tennessee, needed something more stable, went, worked for a year for the official flagship station of the Oregon Ducks out in Portland, Oregon. And the station I worked at in Nashville, by the way, that was the official flagship station of the Vanderbilt Commodores as well. So I was able to get acquainted with the good people of the SEC via that way as well. And while I was in Portland at the end of my time, I had met someone there who I'd worked with previously. He had then taken a job about midway through my tenure and he said, you know what? There's an opportunity out here in Las Vegas. You're right now working part-time in Portland. For those of you that don't know, Portland, a pretty darn expensive city. You know, a little bit about sports betting. You know what? If you're able to come out for this opportunity in Las Vegas, we could probably get you a full-time job. We're looking for people for this new startup called VEASAN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. This was, keep in mind, back towards the summertime of 2017. I decide, you know what? I do think that I need to take this opportunity. I really wasn't guaranteed anything. I had no idea what was going on. I was never really offered a full contract or anything like that. And quite frankly, I didn't really talk to the executives at all prior to coming out to Las Vegas. But I thought, you know what? I'm working part-time in Portland. I need to be able to get a break going. I need to pay off these student loans, what have you. And I move out to lovely Las Vegas. Turns out there was a job available for me. They had me start that very next day. I moved on Monday. I got a flat tire in the last 100 miles going to Las Vegas. Was like the craziest day of moving ever. I start up Tuesday morning right around 8 a.m. 
I just try to absorb as much information as possible, and I joined VEASAN not as sort of an on-air personality, not as a sports betting analyst or anything like that. I was doing behind-the-scenes work. I was our first ever what we call associate producer, an AP, if you want to go with a production assistant, something of that nature. That's how I started out. I was cutting up film, I was taking a look at shows, posting them on our social networks, which is why whenever you notice my Greg Peterson Experience show on VSIN, I always give some credit to the guys that do work with regards to like audio, posting up the podcast, what have you, because that's how I started out in VSIN. I've done pretty much every position there. I've done a little bit of the technical directing, I've done production work, I was actually producing Brett Mushberger's show for about a year or so. I still remember in 2017, he was always talking about why in the world is sharp money coming in on the Browns the year that the Browns went 0-16. So those are some of the fondest memories I do have of VEASAN, just coming in those mornings, taking a look at everything in terms of the NFL. And as the folks at VEASAN got to know me more and more, they knew, hey, This guy knows a little bit of something about college basketball. Maybe you should do some previews. Maybe you should do some picks, what have you. And the real reason why a lot of people found out about my picks was thanks to the man at the network that so many people know and love, Matt Humans. He said, Greg, you know a lot about college basketball. I did quite a few of his early shows as well. The old Green Zone with John Von Tobel and Matt Humans is something that I quite a bit of a hand with behind the scenes and... Matt told me, hey, you know what? You want to gain some followers? You want to gain a little bit of traction? You know quite a bit about college basketball. You're firing in on these games. Post up what you're firing in on online. And that's how it came to be that I was posting up so many picks. And I was noticing that every single time I was betting a college basketball board, if I had taken like three games for the day and I had a little bit of tough decision between two games and left them off. Of course, like the three games I would give out would go one and two, and the two that I would leave off, maybe two and oh. So you expand the card, and then it'd be like, all right, we've expanded to five. We go two and three on these five that I picked, but you know what? The two games that they just barely miss, those go two and oh. So I just kept on expanding the card and expanding the card, and it's the reason why I do have the style that I do. I know that a lot of people, it doesn't make sense to them. but it just goes back to what I did in terms of my bracketology. I take a look at every single team for an equal amount of time, and I've always found that with regards to being able to find games with small advantages, a lot of times there are games that you might be unsure of, but bookmakers are a little bit unsure of too. I mean, it's not like the bookmakers know every single player that's going out there for schools like Stephen F. Austin, for Detroit Mercy, Northeastern, what have you. So there are some advantages to be had, even with just having a small differential on a game rather than a big differential, because sometimes with a big differential, I found that, hey, sometimes I'm missing something as well. I sometimes miss stuff. Books sometimes miss stuff. We're all human beings doing our absolute best to come up with the best algorithms, to be able to come up with just the best insights, what have you, to be able to make money in this industry. And the key is just being able to hit above 52.38% on a minus 110 spread. But that's how really things came to blossom. Been with VSIN 
for now about five and a half or so years. Spent a little bit of time away from VSIN while I was doing the podcast that you remember. That's goal with Steve Heitner with rest in peace of that. That was a lot of fun being able to work with what used to be Kenny Banya of Seinfeld on a podcast. And that was really a podcast that helped me pay off my student loan debt as well as being able to fire in on these MLB and college basketball games, use those profits along with what I made in the media to be able to just build up a nice bankroll, to be able to build up sustainable living, to be completely out of debt. And that's the way that things have come to be. I've had so many opportunities with VSIN, with their partnership with the New York Post at the time, which has now become DK Nation. So it really has been a whirlwind. And I always say this, anyone that is looking to get into sports media and terms of anyone that's looking to do what I do right now, always say yes to opportunities and always be open to talking to people. Don't leave your doors closed. Always try to be friendly, be engaging, and just have a good head on your shoulders in general. You never know who you're going to interact with that is going to lead you to the job. The person that I was interacting with in Portland that helped me get the job that I do today, I think that would be fair to say that sometimes they could come off as a little bit cold, but I lent a helpful ear and he was able to help me out so much. And it's the reason why I am where I am today. A very unlikely connection just being able to help me out, saw that I was a hardworking person, gave me an opportunity, and from there, opportunity just was able to snowball. Now, a lot of it is luck itself because I jumped in with VSIN at just the right time. After I joined VSIN, which was June of 2017, it took about a year for PASPA to really take place for us to be able to get legal sports betting nationwide. We're still adding states. Right now, hopefully the great state of Wisconsin, they're able to get a little bit more sports betting than they have right now because right now it's only Oneida Bingo and Casino that has that. But, I mean, as more things get added, this industry just becomes bigger and bigger. I was very fortunate and was able to get in at just the right time. And I do think that a lot of it is just being able to put yourself out there, always giving yourself a fighter's chance. And it's a big reason why I'm a believer in no days off because that one day in which you are going to take a day off, who knows? Perhaps that's the day that everything turns around for you and perhaps that's the day in which your luck would finally be beginning to change. So hopefully this was a little bit of insight as to how I got to be where I am today. And if you have additional questions, if you've got a comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way, that's fine. An Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. We'll most likely be back with a guest tomorrow on the podcast, and I will be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast, taking a look at the great game of college basketball, which means I'll be with you once again tomorrow. Hopefully the holidays are treating you well. Hopefully you all had a great Christmas or whatever you're celebrating. Hopefully your holiday yesterday was very good, and if you're hey, celebrating a holiday within the next few days, hopefully that is merry and magical as well, and I will catch you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 
100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.